Time once again, everyone, for the Talking Tide podcast. I'm Chase Goodbread of NFL.com and Crimson Cover Television. I'm joined twice a week in the fall by Travis Ryer, the senior analyst at BamaOnline.com and the daily radio host of Southern Fried Sports, which you can catch on 100.9 FM in Tuscaloosa weekdays, 11 to noon Central Time. And a lot to get into here on this Talking Tide podcast. You can get it, of course, at our web host at podbean.com. Also available on various apps, including iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. The Twitter feed, Talking underscore Tide. And with those formalities out of the way, Travis, we preview the Crimson Tide's home, uh, excuse me, uh, SEC opener against the South Carolina Gamecocks, a place that... uh, Nick Saban, I'm sure, remembers well from 2010, but uh, as he pointed out, uh, completely new teams. I think the uh, uh, the Crimson Tide players of today, I think he said, were sixth graders or something uh, back, uh, back when Alabama got stung by the Gamecocks uh, when you and I were both on the beat at the same time. Uh, but this one, Alabama, a 22-point favorite. We'll get into that a little bit and plenty more. It's a 2.30 Central Time kickoff on CBS. Uh, what about it, Travis? Uh, a big uh, uh, SEC opener for both teams. Yeah, and a lot of storylines, including that 2010 game uh, that you referenced there, Chase. But uh, teams that at the quarterback position, uh, a little bit different going into this one. We anticipated – Really a matchup of veterans, right? With Tua Tagovailoa for Alabama. Jake Bentley, we anticipated being behind center for South Carolina. Essentially a fourth-year starter at this point, Tua, in his second full season as the starter for the Crimson Tide. But it hasn't worked out that way. And even with that, as crazy as this may sound, maybe more juice with the South Carolina fan base with the Emergence of Ryan Holinsky as the quarterback for the Gamecocks, a highly regarded recruit for the 2019 cycle. Uh, Put up some big numbers last Saturday. It was against Charleston Southern, so we need to sort of qualify that. But uh, watching some of that tape, watching some of that game, uh, this is a big, strong pocket quarterback. Uh, Quick release, really good accuracy, and... Uh, pretty good decision-making, again, for his first start, I thought, last week. But the quarterback situation, not certainly not what we were expecting. I'm not going to be at all surprised if South Carolina's offense is is really not much worse off with Helensky at the helm. Uh, do, when you look at Jake Bentley and what he's done career-wise, Travis, do you put him in the bucket of a guy who probably could have and should have been a, a, a much more productive quarterback if there was enough – help around him offensively or is do you do you kind of put him in the bucket of, of a guy who, who probably should have done more than with what he had I think he's somewhere in the middle of all that I, I don't know if the entire roster for South Carolina has been what even Steven Garcia had back around 2010 and I'm talking about on both sides of the football defensively offensively um, I think Will Muschamp has represented an uptick in recruiting as compared to the end of the Spurrier tenure, for sure. Uh, that sort of in-state well ran dry on Steve Spurrier there at the end, and uh, that wasn't quite the, the ready-made situation, especially with Dabo settling in at Clemson and kind of getting that thing built. So 
Um, I think Will has upgraded the roster in his short time there, in his few years there. Um, but I wouldn't say to the point where, again, uh, on both sides of the ball, Bentley was part of you know something uh, better than average, I guess you could say. Now, skill positions, there's been some players there. Debo Samuel, the last couple of years, uh, now in the National Football League as a wide receiver, kick returner. You know, Brian Edwards, we'll probably talk about him heading into Saturday's game. Uh, back at the wide receiver position this year, Shai Smith. You know, some solid running backs. I just don't know if the lines of scrimmage, though, on either side of the football have been what they were in 2010 when you you had some really good football players uh, for, for South Carolina. Speaking of running backs, Tavian Feaster uh, in the Gamecocks uniform. Now, you don't see a lot of transfers from Clemson to South Carolina, Travis, but uh, it's a talented kid. He's actually, uh, if you put him on a track, he, he's one of the fastest players in college football. He is, and he's done some nice things to this point. Again, uh, Rico Doddle and uh, Tavian Feaster, they had a true freshman last week, go for like a buck 47 on just six carries. Again, it's Charleston Southern, so you know we, we have to mention that. But um, I think they feel pretty good about their skill talent, all things considered, uh, for right now anyway, uh, in some of those matchups. I think the bigger concerns for, for South Carolina – and I know we'll get into the other side of the ball probably in a minute. Um, you know, can South Carolina block Alabama uh, when, when, when the Gamecocks have the football? And then on the other side, probably the biggest mismatch in the game, uh, a very young in spots, South Carolina secondary going against these Alabama wide receivers into a Tonga Bailoa. Yeah, speaking of that side of the ball for South Carolina, an interesting watch for me is, is going to be Javon Kinlaw uh, inside mm-hmm. and that interior, that defensive line for South Carolina. That guy is going to play on Sundays. And the interior of the offensive line happens to be one area that's in a little bit of uh, upheaval, I guess you could say, for the moment uh, over in Tuscaloosa. And, and so those those guys are, are, are going to get a, a, a serious test right there. And Not that they don't in practice every day anyway, but when the lights come on, um, mm-hmm. Javon Kinlaw is, is, is going to be waiting on him. Yeah, and it's funny you mention that because one of my three matchups for this game that I'll put up at BamaOnline.com on Thursday involves Javon Kinlaw and his co-defensive tackle there, Kobe Smith, in that matchup with what we anticipate to be Evan Neal, a true freshman at left guard, Landon Dickerson at right guard. Maybe we see Matt Womack in that interior, too, on Saturday. But you're right. Javon Kinlaw, a year ago, 10 tackles for loss. Uh, The co-defensive MVP for South Carolina a year ago, along with linebacker T.J. Brunson. Uh, So, yeah, with everything that's been going on for Alabama in that interior through just two games uh, and the potential to see a, a variety of combinations still for Alabama on the inside, uh, I think Javon Kinlaw probably feels pretty good about the tape chase he might be able to put together for those next-level people. I think Nick Saban would much, much rather see three guys in an interior uh, of that offensive line go the whole way and not be put in a position where he, he feels like he needs to shuffle. Now, maybe with a given lead, 
uh, he he chooses to shuffle when 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 things are are you know and and just in turn puts some different looks on on mm-hmm. Ken Law if you, if you've got the lead for it. Uh, but as long as the game is at all in question, I think we're going to see Nick Saban roll with what whatever three he puts out there in the middle. Yeah, I think so. But you know, at Wednesday's media viewing periods, the last ones that we get, uh, the Alabama inside. Uh, on Wednesday, you saw Chris Owens. Didn't see Chris Owens at center last week against New Mexico State. Looks like he's going to be available this week. And so you saw Landon Dickerson back at right guard with Evan Neal at left guard. And But kind of at the end of that, you even saw a little bit of Darian Dahlcourt, the true freshman, repping in there at center, Chase. And you know, I've said it before. I've written it before. I don't know exactly when Darian Dahlcourt will find a spot on the interior of that offensive line, whether it's safety or guard. But when this guy does eventually land in that first three there, he won't be coming out until he's done, put it that way, or, or, or something else, God forbid, happens. But, um, yeah, it's still a little bit in flux, I think, and that's why I'll sort of go into Saturday's game not – allowing myself to be surprised by anything. Um, but I would. here's the matchup I want to see. I want to see Ken Law on Landon Dickerson because those are two alphas, okay? And uh, the the through-the-whistle efforts of both those guys. <laughs> the echo. The echo <laughs> yeah, effort. The echo. We play to the <laughs> echo with a whistle. Mickey Andrews once said. Yes, he did. Uh, we, we, we may see some, we may see some to echo the echo action. between those two on Saturday. <laughs> Going to be fun. I uh, had a request on the Talking Tide Twitter feed this week for a uh, uh, more Ticketman updates. Uh, uh, maybe we'll make that a staple, but uh, and maybe yeah. not, maybe not. But we could certainly roll forward with that for uh, uh, another edition. Uh, Travis, I I jumped online just before we launched the pod here. Uh, StubHub's got forty eight hundred roughly tickets yeah. a- available for the game. Uh, the bottom price on them sixty five bucks, but, but with five thousand tickets sitting out there seventy two hours before kick, uh, I got to think that sixty five is getting ready to take a dip. Yeah, I, I don't think whether it's SeatGeek, StubHub, whatever your route is for the secondary market. Now, look, you know, those prices sitting in the Alabama section, you're probably going to be in that upper level Alabama section. But if you're willing to wait, uh, I don't think there's any doubt that the tickets should be abundant. It's going to be hot again, too, man. I mean, we've talked uh, about the heat in September, and I know it's been a big topic of late. The Alabama non-conference games in the month of September continually during the daytime hours. Well, it's going to be warm at 2.30, too. I think that may keep some people out of there we you know chase and i back around 2001 i want to say uh have been in that upper deck at williams price stadium on a bright sunny day with i recall with me hobbling on a single crutch (laughs) i I think i was on i think i was on two and you were on one so between the two of us we had three of those i think that day up there to to the alabama nosebleeds in that upper section (laughs) climbing those steps with a with a i had a broken foot uh-huh. Uh, which I had broken, I think, playing yeah. pickup basketball. And uh, sure enough, we end up... Uh, Fran couldn't hold that lead. Uh-huh. I mean, Tyler Watts looked like Tommy Frazier that day, you know. He was all over it, yeah. Uh, Ahmad Galloway, you know. <laughs> couldn't hold it. Nope. Couldn't hold it. Nope. You're yeah. right. That was, uh, that was a tilt. 
That was yeah. a tilt. I got yeah. I, 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 one of these days I want to get, uh, I don't know, if, if there's such a thing as an SEC bucket list, mm-hmm. all, one of the things on mine would be to pregame in one of those rail cars over there. The, 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 the cockabooses yeah. is what they call yeah. them. Yeah. Is, that, is that on your yeah. SEC bucket list or no? You no, know, I, I, I don't know if I really have it on there, but I would, I would, I would go with you. I would yeah. go with you if you had an extra, you know. Yeah. Those are pretty cool there. Uh, outside the one end zone there at Williams Price, I get reports that the wealthier of those boxcar owners can uh, doll them up pretty pretty nice, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, nice. there is no boxcar willies in those cockabooses. <laughs> no, 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 no. no it, it, they, they, I promise you, they all look nicer than oh, your no average. No hobos. No hobos. <laughs> I promise you, they all look nicer than your average RV. But, I wonder what uh, the ticket man gets for those. They probably the ticket. You probably the ticket man. The ticket man can get you whatever you need on game day. I mean, whether it's in the stadium and the cockabooses parking, yeah. you know, he usually has an in on all of that. Yeah, he probably. You know, loves you know those here's seats. a story for you, good Brett, about the ticket man. Uh, the radio show not long ago, uh, a, a, a nice lady called in off the air, and I was talking about the ticket man on the air. And she said, who's this ticket man he keeps talking about, she said. And, uh, and, and, and the producer explained, well, you know, he's just talking about, you know, ticket brokers. Secondary. She goes, well, my husband is the ticket man, she said. Oh. Love it. Yeah. Had yeah, the moniker. Yeah. 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 There you go. Yeah. But, Tra- uh, trademark infringement is basically what uh-huh. she was saying. Yeah. Like the Ohio State University, that one got shot down here in the last day or so. Yeah, it's up in Columbus. Uh, yep. And of course, the other man, uh, as previously mentioned, uh, has Alabama favored by twenty-two in this game. Uh, does does that number move up or down uh, before kick? In your opinion, I want to say it's already moved up. I yeah. think last I saw, uh, VegasInsider.com. dot com. Uh, I think had it. Let me check here real quick. I think it was up around 25 and a half yeah. at last check. It opened around 21 and uh, yeah, 25 and a half with a total of 61 and a half, which means if you like Alabama to cover, you're probably not thinking if you like Alabama to cover in the under, you're probably thinking it's going to be Alabama big and not much from South Carolina in this game. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. A uh, couple of quick notes uh, around the practice field. Antonio Alfonso missing practice this week on some dis- disciplinary issues. And uh, I guess we previously mentioned that uh, Emil Ekior and Chris Owens are back on the practice field on that offensive line. Also, Travis, uh, defensive lineman Justin Aboibe back in action on the practice field on the defensive line. Does does he crack? Does he take some snaps away from LeBron Ray? right away do you think or, or or no i wouldn't think right away uh but I, I think he's definitely you know a top five or six guy in the rotation and, and that's what they want i mean they want guys they can roll out in and out of there especially in conditions like you encounter in the month of september the update on antonio alfano by the way wednesday night from nick saban wasn't what i would consider promising chase when asked about alfano Nick Saban responded, he's kind of disappeared a little bit. What? I don't think. You know, we've heard a lot of status updates from Nick Saban. Yeah. And yeah. not to laugh, because we certainly hope the young guy is is okay, yeah. first and foremost. <laughs> I mean, if if, if if Nick can't really account for him, 
Yeah. Um, but Scotty kind of <laughs> disappeared a little. He disappeared a little bit. He was a little out of order himself. <laughs> Makes me think yeah. of Scotty pushing the lever on that transporter, you know, Jeez. and you just kind of turn into a bunch of sparkles for a minute. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, vaporized or something. Um, no, in, in all seriousness, it's uh, kind of the the continuing saga of Antonio Alfano, who just six, seven, eight months ago at the All-American game there in San Antonio blew away onlookers to the point of most there really felt like he was the best player, the best football player among all those All-Americans in San Antonio back in early January, Chase, uh, was Antonio Alfano. And it's just been... uh, a precipitous fall, I guess you could say to this point. It's not too late, you know, whether it's at Alabama or somewhere else. You just hope the young guy sort of figures it out. There were some red flags with Alfano back in his high school years that perhaps making the transition, the adjustment to college in general might be more difficult than even the football part. Uh, And I'm afraid that sort of played out here during the early stages of his time at Alabama, although he was there in the spring. I mean, he enrolled in January. So this isn't a guy who just rolled up in June and, and has, you know, kind of struggled throughout the summer and into the uh, fall semester. But uh, it's been one of the more fascinating stories, no doubt, in trying to keep up with, uh, you know, what's going on with Antonio Alfano. But a boy B, a guy who wasn't talked about nearly as much as a part of that defensive line class for 2019, Yeah, between him, D.J. Dale, Byron Young, you know, you're talking about three true freshmen not named Alfano that look to be top six type guys already for that defensive line. Not going to – and all – to bring all that full circle, not everybody's going to get the snaps they want when you're that deep. And so Alfano looks more or less right now like the newest and latest frustrated pass rusher at Alabama just after Alabama said goodbye to Ayabi Anoma. Yeah, and well, here's the thing with Alfano. You hope he's frustrated about the football part. That That's the concern, I think, with Alfano right now is that does the football part even mean that much to him? You know, that's typically the case Yeah, is that in, in situations with young players, they come in and they're highly touted and highly regarded. Uh, and then they sort of run into the face of reality in that the guys that are already here are better and more well-equipped at this point to see those reps and get those reps. Um, and, and the, the, what you wonder with Alfano is where does football even sort of stack up in what he's dealing with right now? Um, you know, I think more so than anything, personally, he needs to take care of some things that are far more important than football right now. And if he does that, then the football, I said this, I wrote this a couple weeks ago when we were, when, when this was already being talked about. If he does those things, football will take care of itself. Yeah. But first and foremost, he's, he's got to, uh, he's got to address some issues. Moving on, uh, Alabama running back Najee Harris. Travis, I don't, I don't think this came up in the Sunday nighter when we recapped New Mexico State, but I felt like Najee Harris ran with, with some authority against the Aggies, uh, uh, more than we certainly saw against Duke. Nick Saban following Duke mentioned more or less that he wanted to see maybe a little more decisive, decisiveness or, or north-south uh, at that running back position. So, 
does he carry this forward uh, and and hit it up in there on the road in the SEC uh, against a defense that's got some uh, some grown men for sure. Yeah, I think so. And you mentioned Kinlaw. We mentioned T.J. Brunson at the linebacker level. Um, those are some legit dudes in that front seven. Uh, I, I agree on the New Mexico State game, but you still hear from Nick Saban not so much about decisiveness, but running within the scheme, still running within the scheme. You know, every play is set up for the blocking to sort of unfold in a certain way that you have to stay within that or you sacrifice the integrity of the scheme and the execution from the guys up front. So I think there's still some issues there. Uh, and, and this is an opportunity once again, you know, both these guys, uh, you talk about Najee Harris, Brian Robinson, still looking for their first run of 20 yards or more after two games. And, you know, you've already had four offensive players surpass 20 yards or more on runs, including Tua Tagovailoa, the quarterback, uh, Henry Ruggs, the third, Keelan Robinson, Jerome Ford. You're still waiting on one of those kind of outbursts from Najee Harris and Brian Robinson. Maybe it, maybe it'll be this week. Talking Tide podcast at podbean.com, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and tune in the Twitter feed, talking underscore Tide. We're going to thank some sponsors here really quickly that help keep us around, starting with North River Dental Associates and Dr. Jack Smalley. His staff of dental hygienists is the best in town. They take care of my teeth, my family's teeth, Travis's and Travis's family's teeth. They do it all over there, whether you need uh, endodontics, pediatric dentistry, teeth whitening services, porcelain veneers. They do it all over at Dr. Jack's, former Alabama linebacker uh, uh, who played for Bear Bryant. Uh, and uh, Dr. Jack's all, a lot of fun to talk to. He's got this terrarium uh, that you can observe, all kinds of uh, unique critters uh, uh, burrowing through there and whatnot. It's a lot of fun in the spring and the fall. Uh, for sure. Uh, the phone number is 752-3506. Also, appointments can be made at NorthRiverDentist.com. You're going to be in and out of there in under an hour, typically, for routine cleanings. It's North River Dental Associates. Also want to thank Session Cocktails and Spirits, Tuscaloosa's newest cocktail bar, a smoke-free environment indoors, a little bit of a uh, smoking-allowed area uh, outside. As a matter of fact, I know they, they just got their uh, outdoor furniture for that smoking area in there not too long ago. It looks really nice. They haven't opened the place yet. We'll keep you updated on uh, when they open the doors down there at 2221 University Boulevard in downtown Tuscaloosa. Also, they've set their happy hour lineup. It's going to include a Moscow Mule, a Paloma, which is a tequila-based drink with, with fresh fruit juices, a Gin Ricky, a Daiquiri, one called the Blinker, uh, and a Calamoco, uh, uh, which is a wine-based drink. I'm not sure if I... Hunter will let me know if I didn't pronounce that right, but uh, it's a wine-based drink that'll be popular as well. Session cocktails and spirits. I'm going to tell you about our good friends downtown as well, some more of our good friends down there. Heat Pizza Bar, downtown Tuscaloosa. You know, Monday nights they have half off bottles of vino of wine at heat pizza bar they also have six dollar cheese pizzas on monday night now tuesday night and i was down there for this and i'm typically down there a good bit for this particular night uh they had those thai chicken pizzas for seven dollars after six o'clock 
You can't beat those. Great stuff at Heat Pizza Bar, downtown Tuscaloosa, at Government Plaza. Will, Frank, the rest of the crew down there, they're going to take care of you. They understand the importance of sports on the cable management. All those great televisions, if you want to watch the college football, the NFL, they're going to take care of you. They're going to have games on all those big screens down there at Heat Pizza Bar, downtown Tuscaloosa, at Government Plaza. Also want to tell you about Brick and Spoon, our good friends there in Timerson Square, a top 10 breakfast in all of the United States. That's right, right here in Tuscaloosa at Brick and Spoon, downtown Tuscaloosa at Timerson Square. Uh, good Bread's tried that, uh, I think, build your own Bloody Mary. I believe oh, yeah. that's correct. Yeah. 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 It's a winner. Uh, it's a winner. I was, just, I was in there just a couple uh, a couple weeks ago, had the house Bloody Mary that time. Uh, but they, they're they proud of that Bloody Mary now, and, and they keep a count. They've got a, uh, a sold count on that on that Bloody Mary, too. Uh-huh. Sell their own mix so you know it's good, right, when it comes to those Bloody Marys. But breakfast, they're going to take care of you with that three-cheese omelet. If you're an omelet guy, omelet gal like I am, that's going to be a good choice for you. Uh, but great burgers and sandwiches as well as you get into those lunchtime hours, whether you want to brunch it up, you can do that just the same. You know what? You're going to have that 11 a.m. kickoff. Whether you like it or not, it's coming. A week from Saturday with Southern Miss rolling into Tuscaloosa. Why not get up? Get down to Brick and Spoon right there in Timerson Square. Have a great breakfast and then just sort of walk it off down to Bryant-Denny Stadium. A few Bloody Marys, maybe some mimosas. That sounds like a great way to pregame to me uh, on game day weekends there at Brick and Spoon, downtown Tuscaloosa at Timerson Square. Talking Tide podcast at podbean.com rolls on. Chase Goodbread and Travis Ryer with you for a few more minutes. We're going to look ahead around the SEC as we always do to finish off the midweek show. Although this week, Travis, thumbs down from me on the strength of this <laughs> league schedule this week. It's it's uh, Alabama-South Carolina, probably the, the marquee game in the league. That's the CBS kickoff game yeah. of the entire season, so... Yeah, that's kind of what we're looking at, Chase, when it comes to the Southeastern Conference. you got Kent State at Auburn uh, on Saturday evening. Not much intrigue there. I guess I guess Florida-Kentucky, right, would be the second game you'd look at in yeah, the league. And yeah. Terry Wilson out at the quarterback position for the Wildcats. So the chances of Big Blue Nation making it two in a row over the Florida Gators, that takes a pretty big hit. That game... Uh, set for Lexington on uh, on Saturday night. Florida, Florida, an eight-point favorite. So those cats are actually home dogs this weekend, Chase. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, well, after last year, definitely that Florida-Kentucky game will have some pretty significant intrigue, I think. I here, does does Colorado State give Arkansas a lot of trouble? Yes, I think yes, they do. Yes, and I, I think Colorado State's getting a, a a nice number of points there coming in with Mike Bobo. Yeah, Arkansas opened as a thirteen and a half point favorite, and that's already been bet down though. The current line chase down to ten. You know the sharps they see those those big points. Um, here's where I tell you to be careful with that. Uh. Chad Morris wised up, okay? And his boy, Ben Hicks, that he brought in from SMU that was his quarterback at SMU, well, he's figured out he needs an SEC quarterback in the, you know, SEC. 
And so Nick Starkle is going to start for Arkansas this week behind center. That's where I'd be a little bit careful. But I liked what I saw from Colorado State against Colorado in that season opener there in Denver. Uh, Colorado won the game, but I thought Colorado State looked much improved. Uh, You know, Bobo understands what it takes to come into the SEC and try to get a win. So, uh, yeah, I'm with you. I think – I don't. I don't even think that's an upset. Arkansas is so bad, Chase. Arkansas is one in seventeen in their last eighteen SEC contests, and so I don't see how the Razorbacks can overlook anyone, anyone on the FBS level right now. Chad, a little late making that QB realization. Is that what I gather yeah. from you? Uh, you know, <laughs> uh, maybe a little bit. Hey, you know, look. If you ask me, I think Nick Starkle ought to be the starter at Texas A&M right now yeah. over Kellen Mond. So you're going to tell me he shouldn't be starting over Ben Hicks, right? At right. Arkansas, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Nick Starkle should be the guy at Arkansas. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the Talking Tide podcast. Be sure to join us for the Sunday nighter when we recap the Alabama South Carolina game for Travis Ryer of BamaOnline.com and Southern Fried Sports. I'm Chase Goodbread of NFL.com and Crimson Covered Television, and we'll talk to you next time right here on Talking Tide. <laughs>